This is a Soulfire production. You tripping, babe. You be tripping. You be tripping. No, I definitely be tripping. I've done mushrooms three times this week. Three times? Yeah. Jeez, well, impressive. this last week, and I'm planning to do them tonight. I'm excited to get into this mushroom conversation with you. I know. You know, it's funny because I always thought people who did anything were awful. <laughs> people who did anything were awful. Like wow, weed, Kelly. mushrooms, yeah. um, Molly, like I just was so judgmental and I didn't understand it. And I wasn't open-minded and I was scared and I was taught that all these things were bad and that I was a good girl and I didn't do these things. And it's been such a beautiful journey for me opening up and allowing the mushrooms and ayahuasca to work with my body and to show me parts of myself that I've never had access to, to teach me how to trust myself and to be more in tune with my body and allow my body to dictate and decide rather than getting all up in my head, which I tend to do. Yeah. It's nice to, it's nice to, it's like checking out and checking in at the same time. Mm. It's, Ooh, yeah, you know what good. I'm saying? It's like I'm in, but I'm, I'm like observing. I'm observing myself versus versus being immersed in myself. Or sometimes you are just like swamped with feelings, but that's that's what you need. But mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's quite the experience. Yeah, and we really wanted to have this conversation um, because I have been uh, microdosing again, and um, we both really believe in plant medicine and everything it has to offer. And we haven't done just a dedicated episode. Uh, I don't think at all on this show about mushrooms and we get a lot of questions about it. I specifically yeah. get so many DMS about mushrooms. Um, and so we just wanted to share a little bit more about our experiences and our perspectives and Connor and I have different relationships with the plants, which I think is really cool. And we, yeah. we've had different experiences and, um, we just want to be an open book for you all to learn and, and be open to something different. Yeah. And we get into some fun stuff in this one too. Like, uh, we get into some DMT stuff and then just how we've coped with, you know, people that are close to us passing and how that's a shifted and how sometimes the, the plants can help us out and, and, and sorting our lives back out after that's all said and done. Absolutely. But before we get into that, let's tell everybody about our friend, Christina and wellness realness one of the dopest podcasts in the game. Yes, we love Christina. So Christina is going through a bit of an evolution right now as she's moving more into sharing her holistic spiritual self with everyone. And she is an incredible business coach and she is a chronic illness warrior and believes in educating and providing resources and conversations so that other people have uh, access to alternative medicine and just thinking outside the box when it comes to healing. And now she's really stepping into her spiritual journey with all of this. And which is, which how, is, sorry, I cut you off. That's okay. And how she's opened up to healing in a different way, Connor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, but she, uh, she, it's, it's kind of a curveball for her because she's so pragmatic mm-hmm. and so highly structured that it's, it's interesting to see her kind of get into the way that she, her relationship with herself and, and spirituality in a way that is still conducive to her being who she is and not, not sacrificing that for the sake of spiritual growth. Cause a lot of times that they, people think that that it comes at a, at a huge trade off. And oftentimes it does. People lose their fucking mind sometimes and go like yes. float off into the ethereal. And that's maybe where they belong. That's not Christina's <laughs> style. That's definitely not my style. No. Um, and I appreciate that a ton about her. Yeah. She's so great. So if you guys are looking for conversations on healing or how to improve your business and make more money, whether it's through your podcast uh, or selling your own products, 
Christina is your go-to gal. Uh, the link is in the show notes. So you can check out wellness realness and don't forget to leave her some love, uh, review her show, leave her a five-star rating and give her all the good vibes. She's got so many shows too. just see, see, just search through there and cherry pick some. There's some, there's some, there's some great shows in there. So many. All right, let's get into this one with the mushies. So I wanted to talk about mushroom trips because I'm back on my microdosing cycle and I'm loving it. I was off for a while dealing with uh, my mom being sick and not I wasn't here very much. I was gone for most of the last two months and I really felt like I wanted to be grounded and open my heart and process things and not bypass what I was feeling and mushrooms really helped me just dive right in and I feel really supported and What I have been learning during this process um, of grief and just the transition into not having my mom around is how much I didn't trust myself my whole life. And something that I have really been sitting with around mushrooms and their healing properties and what they bring forward for me is that mushrooms allow me to trust myself more because when I sit with them in a healing capacity, I feel so connected to myself. I don't experience doubt. I don't wonder, oh, what does someone else think or think? Or maybe I should ask them what to do. I'm just very clear on like, this is what I'm doing. This is how it's going to look. This is how I feel. This is what my body is telling me. And it's very clear and simple. And it's really reprogramming me to trust myself. And I remember one time I did mushrooms months ago. And I got so mad at you because you left the house. And I had this belief that I wasn't safe unless you were here. I just wanted to know you were in the house downstairs and that if I needed you, I could call you. And I didn't actually need you, but I realized you were gone. And then I fully panicked. And I was thinking about that experience the other day. And I was like, wow, I still believed that I couldn't handle myself. I couldn't do something on my own. And I wasn't on that much. I was, it was a pretty uh, small amount. And what I have noticed is that I have this trust in myself now that I didn't have before. And I really want to credit the mushrooms working with me in order to bring that forward. And I don't know, it's just, that's been heavy in a good way on my heart of wanting to share with people about my experience of just opening and allowing that trust. And I think so many of us are taught not to trust ourselves and to be codependent and to look externally for answers. And that's something I'm really working through right now. Yeah. I think that mushrooms are really interesting in that way because even when, I don't know where I was even at when you called me, but you were really upset and I was very surprised. You were at Evo looking at skis. Oh (laughs) yeah. I was checking out some skis. Um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting how much access mushrooms give you to yourself, even on lower doses. And it's the most powerful thing about mushrooms. Even when you get into really intense visuals and kind of deeper trips, it still to me always feels like access to myself in a certain way. And even my like cognitive processes and what's going on and where I may have bias. I mean, it's funny thing is too, I, it, we, speaking about being skeptical of most things, I think a lot of that came from just seeing the silliness of the world and, our, and myself through mushroom experiences. It's like, as opposed to being becoming more and more naive and like soft, I got, I think I got a little bit more cynical because I was already, I think I leaned the, too far the other way for a while. And now I'm just, I, I see the, um, 
gives me a, a bigger picture of, of viewing things outside of my own personal experience in a different way. Well, you're very quick now to call bullshit on things. And I think for a long time, and you've said this in your last relationship, you were the one that always apologized. You were always sorry. You were always wrong. And so you kind of had to go swing the pendulum so far the other way. And now you're sort of finding that happy medium. But I feel like you got trapped in a load of bullshit and didn't really understand what was happening. And then all of a sudden you had access to more truth for yourself and you were able to discern what was right for you and what wasn't. And I think now you have an ability with so many of your journeys supporting you to call bullshit now and not be afraid to be like, I'm not okay with this. This is not for me. Yeah. You know, a lot of that happened when like grandma died. Mm. That was like, it, it, like there was a, a switch flipped in my head. And I was like, this is fucking bullshit. It was weird. It took me being in like a really deep state of sadness to understand, just to see at the level of, of, I think it's the, it was such a different, like a contrasting experience that it showed just the lack of support I had in that, in that part of my life. Cause like everyone left you at once. <laughs> yeah. It was like the uh, three most, the three pillars of your life at that time were all gone within 24 hours, basically. A week. Or yeah. a week. Yeah. Within a week. It was my grandmother dying who, and and it, you know, grandmothers pass away. That's kind of, you know, that happens, but, uh, it was different, a little bit different for me because my grandparents took me in when I was like five. So they basically were my grandparents. I called my grandma, mom. I think most, most people did. That was kind of what we called her. Um, we called, called our, our actually mother mama. It was very cute. Um, but yeah, no, that all like that happened. And then my girlfriend at the time broke up with me on the day of the funeral. And then a few days later, I got fired from my job. But it was weird. Like I, the job thing was very interesting because I was a, a complete shit show at work. Like I was not doing a good job for the expectedly. So I came, I came back to work like the day after the funeral, right? Like I was still a fucking mess. And people gave me a little bit of bandwidth with that for sure, as I, anybody would. Um, but I remember, you know, the job I had, I, <laughs> the person I was working for, I just kind of become disillusioned with. And when all that happened, I was so. I don't think I had the energy left to like make myself believe anything other than what was true. Mm. And I realized that my job was actually to make everyone else believe that this person was the person I thought they were. When I, I remember I sat at my desk and I like watched this person walk into their office and I go, I literally, I literally said that to myself. I go, my job is to make people believe that that person is who I used to think they were. And I knew at that point, like I wasn't going to have that job much longer. I got fired like three days later. Wow. You've never said that to me. Before. Yeah. It was a very interesting moment. Like it was, it was like, it was, there was an energetic like shift in me at, at that point, like a cord got cut. It was very weird, but that's what happens when you're around. And, and then I had, um, I had met this woman who was such a like beautiful person in my life. She was, it was so weird how we met, but, um, we ended up like, and even we went like on a date, but it was like, this isn't going to work. She's like, she was like in her early forties, uh, Shambhala Buddhist super spiritual. Like the, one of the first things she asked me if I've, it was, if I had a spiritual practice, she like, it was one of those things we, we met and we knew like, I don't know why, but you're very important. Like both of us had that. Mm -hmm. And it was really cool because that, that little like friendship that lasted a month before I think I, before I left Austin or before I started planning to leave Austin, like our lives completely like shifted in that time. I think a lot of times because we met each other, it was very weird soul connection type thing. Um, and she said, we were talking and she was, I was kind of sharing my experience and she started to explain to me what a, like sociopathy was and how it affects people and what a sociopath, sociopathic funnel is and how they're, you're on different like rings around the sociopath basically when they have a lot of power. Um, and I just got like, it was, it was so true. I just got, I got super emotional when she was explaining it to me. 
And it just gave me so much clarity. It was like, it was like once I shifted a little bit, like the universe kind of started giving me more information. Once I was ready to see it and receive it, I just started getting more information and started understanding more. And it really shifted my life. It shifted what I talk about on the podcast. Like it shifted everything in a really empowering way. And then the kind of the biggest step for that was to take my old podcast, which was the original podcast feed that I had, which is now the realness and completely shift podcast feed. So I lost my audience. I lost like 60% of my audience overnight because I shifted my podcast feed to a brand new feed. And I was like, I just need to energetically just separate from myself from all of this. I don't want any of these people have to, to have been responsible for any success that I may have. Uh, and that was a really hard decision, but it, it came right when I was leaving Austin. I knew that was like what needed to happen. So it, it all kind of the catalyst for that was my grandmother dying. It was very weird. I mean, I'm going through that right now, so I get it in a different way. No one's firing me because I'm the fucking boss. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting too. And when you when you bring psychedelics into the picture, it like zooms you out and you see things so differently than you did before. And so as you are transitioning and things are sort of burning to the ground and you're starting from scratch, which I hadn't thought about that, but you really did that when your grandmother died and I'm going through that right now. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's very parallel. Well, I was um, also smoking DMT pretty often at the time mm-hmm. and I kept seeing these really dark, I think I've had this thing where I kind of go to, I call them like soul origin places. That's kind of the word that I put on them, but Your it was soul like, home? it wasn't my soul home. Oh. I would go to places I felt very uncomfortable that were not for me. Oh. And I would see these things and it was like, it was like these, it, one thing, one thing that's really common to see on DMT is, um, is fucking uh, like clowns or jesters. It was funny because I've had the first time I smoked DMT, these clowns were fucking with me and I was in like a circus and these clowns were, one of them's arms turned into snakes. They were just trying to scare me. And they were, I think it was my first, it was my first time to actually have any kind of hallucination at all. It was about a month before I did ayahuasca the first time. I think I'd done mushrooms that had no visuals, just kind of had a lot of body feeling and a lot of clarity, but I'd never hallucinated. So we smoked DMT out of this chillum, which is a very interesting way to do it. It was like with a, I think a little bit of weed, just to kind of keep it from going in the little hole there with DMT on top of it. And we had met this guy at paleo FX. Oh, wow. It was very interesting. Me and Mike Bledsoe. And it was the first time he had smoked DMT too. He had very, he had a less of a reaction than I did. I think he had less than I did because it's kind of variable in that style. But these fucking clowns were messing with me. They were just trying to scare me. And I was like in this sacred geometry, like circus. And these clowns were like, fucking with me this whole time. And they're just like poking at me and doing different things. One the main clown, like his arms turned into snakes and was like dancing around. And I wasn't scared at all. And it was basically like, they were saying, if this freaks you out, you probably don't need to do this. But I was like, this is fine. And, and uh, then I started like, it was weird. Cause I started coming out of the trip. I was zooming out. So I was like, it was like, I was on a track moving backwards. Oh wow. And they were like, bye. <laughs> I was like, oh, bye. <laughs> It was the weirdest thing. And Rogan on his podcast the other day was talking about this with, uh, with Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. He was talking about DMT cause Rob Lowe is, is sober and he was telling him the experience cause Rob Lowe's wanted to do uh, ayahuasca and things like that. Mm-hmm. And he was just kind of going into it, which Rogan's never done ayahuasca, but he talks That's about it a lot. Shocking. I know, but I'm also like, some of the stuff he says is kind of inaccurate because oh, he hasn't ever done it and right. been around it. But he was talking about how these clowns, these little fucking jesters, he calls them jesters, but these little fucking clowns, like they look like a, off of a Joker card in a deck of cards. Okay. He was taking himself too seriously, he said at the time, about everything that was going on. And these clowns just popped up when he smoked DMT and we kept giving him the finger and we're like, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you. And he started laughing at himself and they were like, there you go. Wow. And I was like, these fucking clowns. And then after I did that, I read this book called um, Supernatural by Graham Hancock. 
clowns. I, I've, I'm convinced that clowns came from psychedelic experiences. I don't think we made clowns up. I think clowns are a representation of what people were seeing. Gnomes are the same thing. Clowns, gnomes, hobbits, this other, all this other shit that you probably exist, but that we can't see in our normal perception. It was like shaking me up a lot, but I would do DMT after around this time my grandmother died and I would go to these really dark places where it was kind of like that, but it was like lots of like, it was like clown demon orgies and I was felt really uncomfortable. Sometimes that would happen. And I realized I ended up having this, this, this DMT trip where we smoked listening to music with big headphones on and, and, um, and had, um, uh, what are they called? Eye covers, like the sleeping mask mask on. Yeah. So that was a different experience. And that was actually amazing because when you come out, you come out way slower because you can't see anything. And I was in this like post-apocalyptic, like melt. I could feel all like the darkness of humanity. Like it was in like a gutter Mm. and this woman, it was almost like Sarah Connor from Terminator. It was like pulling on my sleeve and she was like, turn the music down, turn the music down. Cause I had my headphones on. I turned the music down on my phone. So I was kind of with it enough to like find the button. And she goes, you can see. I was like, of course I can see. And she goes, no, you can see. And I was like, oh, and it just like hit me. I was like, oh, I can fucking see. I can like see. I, I can see. It was the weirdest thing for me. It made a ton of sense. You can like, see what? I could see darkness, basically. I could see, I could see the bullshit. I could see what I was living in. And it was like this profound shift for me, all kind of happening in that same like six month period where all this stuff was going on. Um, and that shifted me in a lot of ways because that DMT just blasts you into a million pieces. I'm still dying to do it. <sighs> we can do it. Can you find some? I'll find some. I really want to do it. That and LSD. That's all I want to do. LSD is a fun one. Yeah. Although I do want to smoke cigarettes when I do LSD every time. That's fine. Like I'll go buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing ever. You don't normally smoke. I'm so like, give me fine. some of those American spirits. Oh I don't know. God. It's the weirdest fucking thing. But every time I think it just helps me like get my shit back together. Yeah. Well, it's like my pacho and the very similar. Yeah. yeah. But anyways, I don't know why I was going down that. Route. Oh, but I was thinking like all those dark places I was, I was at, it was like a representation of how I wasn't where I needed to be. Mm. And when I started to make that shift, things, even my trip started changing. And now I can imagine doing DMT now. I don't think I would have, I don't feel like I would have that similar experience. I haven't had a dark experience like that on anything in a long time, but it was because I like physically left the situation I was in. Babe, we need to interrupt this conversation real quick to talk about getting tested. Oh man, what a burden, right? You got to go to the doctor's office. You got to go to the clinic. You got to go to wherever you go to get tested. Damn. Got to get tested. Wait, is there a better way, Kelly? There is. Oh my God. Let me tell you about it. There's a company called Let's Get Checked and they make things so accessible, so affordable, and so simple. What kind of tests can I get from Let's Get Checked? You can get so many tests. You can do STD tests, testosterone. uh, You can check your fertility numbers and you can even, guess what? Get a COVID test. You know what else you can do? What? Because I I actually knew this before I asked you those questions. Is so there's something crazy, some crazy stat about vitamin D and coronavirus uh, fatalities. So I think it's like something like 90% of people who die from coronavirus have deficient vitamin D, and only 4% of people with sufficient vitamin D have have died from coronavirus. So I was like, fuck, I want to get my vitamin D tested because I've been taking vitamin D most days and I'm spending a lot of time in the sun. But I found, I looked on, let's get checked. And they do have a vitamin D panel that you can get as well. Love that. So it's important to know like all those things. But right now is like (laughs) with a 
pandemic going on, it's like, it's a, it's a time to think about your immune system, your health and the factors that contribute to illness across the board. It's mm-hmm. super important because even if you're not scared of like dying of coronavirus necessarily, it still like puts you in the, puts you in the shitter for two weeks, just kind of like by yourself, quarantine. Like nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So getting all this stuff checked out beforehand is super crucial. It is. So they make this really easy for you. You just go online, you choose whatever tests you want to order. They send them to you in the mail really quickly. You just prick your finger. It took Connor and I a couple fingers. Um, we like a couple Use fingers. Use your ring finger the and- first. It's the best one that bleeds. And they also, for other stuff, they have a swab. So it's not all. It's not always blood. Correct. Um, and you just put it in these little vials, close them up, send them back. They text you when your results are ready within just a few days. And you get a whole breakdown of everything happening. I did my fertility check and everything came back positive and, and great. So that was really nice to see. Um, and we just love how easy this is to do. And I didn't get a crazy bill in the mail afterwards. Yeah, surprise billing is such a fucking pain in the ass. So stupid. So, so if you go to try lgc.com slash babe, you will get 20% off anything you order except for the COVID testing. They do that at cost. So they're not making any money off of that. Um, so you won't get a discount there. But on everything else you order, you will get 20% off. So go to try lgc.com slash babe. Speaking of just like being stressed out and all the shit that's going on, I recommend CBD. CBD, do it. I don't know why I did that. Um, we love CBD. We've been talking about Ned for so long, and it's because we are obsessed with this company. Everything Connor and I are about, which is honesty, transparency, and taking care of the plants, is and obviously exactly, a high, high quality product. Obviously high quality. Um, that is what Ned's about, and they do such a beautiful job using cold extraction. It's super gentle and slow. They really care about the integrity of the plant. They're infusing good vibes with binaural beats and positive affirmations. They don't put anything synthetic into their products, which for me is so important as someone who's lived with chronic illness. And there's a ton of additives and random shit that's in all these different products that are supposed to help you heal. Um, This stuff is so clean. There's not even a flavor. So you basically taste the dirt that the uh, CBD is coming from, which I am all about. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a fantastic product. and They do an awesome job. Yeah. So if you guys go to helloned.com slash babe, you will get 15% off your first order order and free shipping. Or we're so excited because now they have a subscription service. So you can get 20% off your subscription by going to helloned.com slash babe. Boom. And all those links are in the show notes. Make it happen. You're welcome. So I don't want to say doses on the show because I don't want people to be like, oh, well, Kelly and Connor did this much and this is the experience they had. We're not doctors. We're not facilitating for you. You do you, boo. Um, but you and I did quite a bit together in the teepee that night. Yeah. And you went pretty into a pretty dark place. Would you consider that a dark experience? Different. Okay. I felt like that was my own. And I've had this happen on mushrooms before. That was me. You I was being dark. I was, that was like my shadow side, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was me being, and I've had that happen numerous times and I love it because I get a lot of information. It's Can like you explain the parts what of, that means though? So I would say it's the parts of myself that are like repressed. Like think about you have like your shadow side, right? I mean, it's pretty straightforward, like Jungian psychology. And it's the parts of yourself that you don't want to believe or don't want to listen to. And there's actually a lot of really helpful information in your shadow. So the first time I had that, I did uh, a, a first very large dose uh, with some really close friends. And I felt like I was like a vampire almost, not in a bad way, but it was like full darkness. 
but not the kind of darkness where I was in a place where I didn't belong. And it was like, almost like the DMT was trying to show me like, you don't belong in this soul origin place, whatever this place is, whatever the agreement is here, this isn't for you. And I've been to places where I feel like I belong and it's a completely different feeling with the, with those experiences that was more like intrinsic emotions, repressions, feelings, beliefs, whatever, like coming to the surface and me kind of embodying those. So that was my, that was like an intrinsic experience versus what the DMT experiences felt like, which was very much showing me how out of place I was, how I didn't fit. Like I was in the corner of this room, like freaked out and scared. And that's how I was actually feeling in my normal life. Wow. But turned up to 11. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I've had an interesting um, journey with mushrooms when I, for probably, I guess the first year, it was not, it was not love and light. It was not like heart opening really. It was really hard. And I think that's because I started them with you. I did them for the first time with you and Joshua Tree um, two weeks after we met. And (laughs) I got lost in a desert with a stranger for six hours on mushrooms. Really smart, Kelly. But that was my first time and I cried a lot and it was very, very hard. And I had just gone through something very difficult. And so I was processing. And I feel like the last year has been so much processing of really difficult stuff I'm back in that wave now, which is interesting. But for, I would say, probably five or six months, I finally moved into play with mushrooms. Like I was dancing, I was uh, creating programs, I was um, feeling so good, I was sexually connected. I, I felt like truly my heart was opening. And I felt like I couldn't get to that point without really grieving and letting go and processing the hard stuff that I had never really looked at before. And then I came out of that and I was in this more lightness and more play. And now I've kind of gone back in and I, we haven't talked about my trip this weekend um, while you were gone, but um <laughs> I was, I asked, I talked to the mushrooms, like we're in conversation. That's how I operate with them. Um, I fully feel like they are an entity and a spiritual being that I have a conversation with every time. And I come to them with specific questions and I was asking them questions about soul fire and about our relationship. And there was one other thing. And they literally said back to me, stop asking us about it. You're already doing what you need to do. Come to us when you have a better question. And I was like, wow, it was almost like I get into a place where I feel like I need to work on something and I can't let it just be. And they're trying to say, you can have fun. Like you don't need to always be deep in the process Mm -hmm. and let this go and let it be and let it play out. You're already doing what we told you to do last time you came to us with this question. Stop asking. And it was such a profound moment for me because sometimes I feel like I get caught in that I'm not allowed to play or I'm not allowed to have fun and I have to be serious and process. They were like, yo, bro, like come to us again when you're ready to process something new and hard, but like leave this shit alone. That's why I call mushrooms Uncle Mushroom. Mm. You heard heard, heard me say that before? I feel like maybe once, but I don't know why you said it. I always say Uncle Mushroom because uncles have a different advice. Like you have like Mother Ayahuasca, right? And they say that uh, the father is like either uh, a is like a, a masculine plant. And it also the San Pedro cactus kind of looks like a dick. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's very phallic, but, um, which you would love by the way, Wachuma is the shit. I know. We got to go to Peru. I know. Um, I would love to work with Don Howard's daughter at spirit quest. Like yes. that's, 
we're, pl- we're have, planning that for next especially year. after like meeting her when she was like 14 and now she's probably 18 mm-hmm. 19 doing this she's been immersed in it her dad was such a such an incredible kundero um uh kundero that's how you say it i don't know anyways but it doesn't matter uh but Kyurandero? no kundero yeah 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 um but uh i have this really it's like almost like the kind of advice you get from ayahuasca is very like motherly and very like stern sometimes and sometimes light and loving, but mushrooms are more, I always call them uncle mushroom because it's like, it can be joking and playful. Like yeah. uncles are like goofy with you. You know yes. what I'm saying? But sometimes they'll tell you like the real shit that your parents don't tell you, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it can be kind of harsh, but also really true. Like that's how I feel the relationship with mushrooms is. So I always call them uncle mushroom. That's so good. I really like that actually. Yeah. That's very true. That is my experience. I just started laughing so hard. I was like, oh my God. Okay, fine. And then I just yeah. like had such a like relaxed trip after that. I've actually had the opposite experience where I went in and I was talking about something. They're like, we already fucking told you what to do. Quit asking us the same goddamn question. You aren't even doing what we already said. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, Jesus. Just trying to have a good time here. My bad, guys. Uh, I'll just go ahead. I'll go in the corner and just like hide by myself and cry. Thanks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but it is mushrooms are very, very much feel like a relationship more than anything else that I've done. I think because ayahuasca is so variable and it like throws you off the fucking rails. And, well, and you have to do this whole preparation going in yeah. and the dieta and like set aside a month of your life but in the, case you've totally yeah. break down. The more you do mushrooms, the more I think you have a, the capacity to kind of communicate and listen a little better to yeah. what's going on. You know what actually came forward too, which I thought was really interesting. I was talking about being codependent. Um, I was having realizations during my experience about trusting myself. And during that, I don't remember exactly what was said, but it was something along the lines of don't make this another codependent relationship. Don't come to us and rely on us to give you the answers. Ooh. You don't need this every time. It wasn't a don't don't utilize us, but it was a very much like you need to be conscious about when you're coming here and when you're sitting with us because this you have the ability to make this another codependent relationship because right now I'm trying to break my codependent habits with you and I spent the last 5 years trying to break them with my mom and So I have a tendency to like just jump to the next thing to validate me and make me whole. And they were like, you're not doing that here. That's not what we're here for. Well, I wonder, you know, with your mom passing away, which is so hard, but it was kind of coming to me is, is maybe there's something really beautiful about losing that anchor codependent relationship, like the foundational codependent relationship that you feel like may, you may have kind of built the other ones off of. Yeah. You don't have the option to access that anymore in the same way. And so what, you know, and and I think that, you know, especially parents kind of live on in your behavior and your way you see yourself and there's a lot there, but it's not the, it's not, it's more like a legacy than it is a relationship necessarily. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's when, and then I can say the very similar thing about my grandmother where it was like, um, she would fix things, you know, fix everything. If I needed money, she would send it to me and not tell anybody. She would keep it secret. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? And like, um, solve all the problems for my family, which were very inept at solving ourselves. <laughs> but, uh, but you lose access to that relationship and there is a level of self-reliance that you have to develop through that, which is fucking probably the hardest part to me about going through that whole process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think that's really true. I think that's why I do feel like I'm at this point where I, not that I'm at rock bottom, but I've been explaining this uh, the last couple of days to people as you know, when you feel like you've had your awakening and then all of a sudden you realize you're having 
the awakening and that was like the appetizer to your awakening. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I feel right now. The last time I felt like this, any, any kind of these feelings, I thought that was it for me. I'm like, oh, this is the shift. This is my awakening. This is my realization of who I am and what I want. I feel as much as I feel like I love our life. I love you. I love so much of what we've created. Um, I love who I'm becoming. I also feel like I'm back in that place where everything has crumbled to the ground and I'm starting from scratch again because my foundational relationship and the person I depend on the most is not here anymore. And I'm viewing the world so differently and I'm really struggling with it because I don't know what to think anymore and I get to decide for the first time. And that's really exciting and also really scary. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know what to do with that. And so the things that I did with my mom and what she taught me and how I relied on her and how she made, like she relied on me to rely on her and this like weird codependency I've noticed happens with us. And so I'm constantly like looking at this right now and I'm like, no, no, no. Like I'm just, I'm viewing the patterns almost from like a bird's eye view and I'm watching myself do something with you. And I'm like, no, that's not okay. Like that's not how I want to operate. I didn't have the bandwidth or the capacity to cut that pattern or cord before because she was still here and it was so deeply ingrained in me. And now that she's not energetically in my space and continually putting that on me, I have the ability to now decide for myself. Yeah. And it's just a lot. It's very overwhelming. And I, I am consciously choosing to not keep falling back into this trap that I was taught I was supposed to live in. So it's, yeah, it's just really interesting. And um, it's just a lot of things I've never thought about before or never been aware of. And it's just, I feel like I'm getting hit with a ton of bricks every other hour with things. Um, and that's why I love having the mushrooms with me so that I can work in tandem with them and process there and still be like a human and <laughs> be present on earth. I don't know. Well, one of the hard parts about something like that too, is you end up rebuilding even the most fundamental relationships. Like you have a different relationship with your dad or your brother or your, like me with, that's how it was with me, with my, with my, when my grandmother passed away that my mom and I had to kind of reestablish what our relationship was because it changed dramatically to the point of like, is there even going to be a relationship here or not? Who knows? Um, but it's such a, that person can be such a vital part of every other relationship that you end up having to kind of restructure your entire life, uh, in a different way. Very, very, very interesting. It's something that doesn't, I don't feel like it's talked about that much whenever kind of the, the, the middle part of a Venn diagram between you and someone else all, all of a sudden disappears and then you have to restructure that whole thing. Some wild shit, Connor. It is some wild shit. Um, but the mushrooms do a great job of giving you some space to, to sort it out. I think, I think it, it, then you're not so immersed and sometimes you are immersed in your emotions with, with mushrooms, but it seems more constructive. Than, yes. than, um, than kind of detrimental. Very much. I don't feel like it's detrimental. It's only the only downside sometimes for me is that I'll do mushrooms one day and then the next day I'm like fully in it still because a lot of stuff was brought up and then I'm processing it and I'm crying and doing a thing. But that's really the only downside for me to it. Um, 
I'll just be like more in my feels and I just need more space away from you. Cause I'm like, I'm still going through a thing. Um, but other than that, yeah, I like the, the way you phrased it, it gives you the space, um, to process and to be with it. And it is, it functions and allows you to be, it's, it's an effective way to process. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's extremely effective and it opens you and gives you access to parts of yourself that you just don't normally have. Absolutely. This show is brought to you by Soulfire Productions. 